and you're listening to the Staff Room Podcast with Che, Hurricane Cheney, and Pav, Wonder, Woman, Wonder. We talk casually, yet poignantly, about the most relevant topics in teaching today. So come and hang out with us. We're always in the mood for a great conversation. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Staff Room Podcast. Today, you are tuning in to a special episode of our Amplify and Inspire series, where we highlight individuals doing incredible, important, and inspirational work within education. Today, we are featuring Noah Daniel, teacher, consultant, and chief building officer at Building Outside the Blocks. There's so much more about Noah that we want to share, but we're going to allow her to tell her story in just a moment. We are looking forward to having a conversation with Noah today about a specific photography activity that she runs in her class that really caught our attention. We're looking forward to hearing more about the inspiration behind this activity and what she and her students have gained from that experience. Thank you, Noah, for joining us today. It's so great to have you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm psyched to share this space with you both. Noah, thank you so much for joining our Inspire and Amplify series. And I know um, there are probably 1,800 things we would love to have a conversation about with you. But one of the first things that drew us to the work you were doing was the work you were doing uh, with photographs and decoding photos. So we had this conversation, like, we've got to talk to Noah about this. We'd love to know a little bit more. And we know you've been all about sharing these rich resources and guiding uh, how teachers can use photographies. But before we get deep into that, why don't you just tell our audience a little bit about yourself, uh, provide a little summary of all the work you're doing and uh, the passion and the motivation behind the work you do for your teaching, for supporting teachers, supporting schools, supporting districts, and just supporting the educational community as a whole. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a teacher. So it's my 25th year. I love teaching. I thought about leaving the classroom at one point and really decided that this is my passion and a place that helps me be creative and consistently grow. So I'm very lucky that when I came to the York Region District School Board three years ago, I was able to work part-time and I've been building my consulting practice at the same time. So I have a homeroom class and I get to teach and be immersed in a school community this year in the EVS, the elementary virtual school community. And um, I've been able to support teachers and schools to share my projects, help them develop school-wide initiatives. I've been so excited about our work at the Mentory. I co-founded this several years ago as an idea of a really an offshoot of the on-ed mentor show that I now host. But two years ago, before I started hosting it, Um, I really believed that mentorship was an incredible thing for educators. I had a really transformational mentor. So that's part of my work. But really, if you had to distill everything that I do, it's about amplifying voice and propelling engagement. So and that's where my projects come from is they were working in my class and my mentor said, why aren't you sharing them? And I didn't know I was doing anything special. And it was through sharing them and hearing feedback that made me realize that that this was really unique. And when I came up with the building outside the blocks in this kind of tongue in cheek kind of way, I was like, this is me. 
like not only does it explain all of my projects that take fixed things about the curriculum and allow students to go beyond, but it really it gives place to the time that you spend going selfward during my class. And I think it's a valuable thing. And if you graduate from school that in a way that you not only build skills, but you actually know yourself better, I think it's a, a good use of our time. That's so fantastic. Noah, we know how much you, you do within education. And, and I like that you mentioned that you didn't think that you were doing anything special because that's, I think that a lot of teachers feel that way. And so our, our, not even hesitant to share their work, but don't even know what can be gained from being able to do that. So we love that uh, that sort of was your motivation behind your work, but we love also the fact that you continue to do that. And uh, we've seen so much of the amazing work that you put out or that you do with your students and then share with the rest of the educational community. And so when we saw this, uh, this uh, decoding photographs activity that you do with your students, we were so inspired to to ask you a little bit more about this. We've, we've tried it with our own classes and we think that it's so meaningful and so great. So what we would like to know is, is why photographs? Where did that come from? What inspired you to create a lesson like this one that centers around photographs? It actually started about a decade ago or just over Garfield Jeannie Newman, who's an incredible professor, thinker, and part of the um, Critical Thinking Consortium, TC Squared, was doing a presentation, a workshop for my school, and he was looking at photographs. And I really saw the power in photographs I never had seen before. And then I was teaching a younger grade, grade four, and I was having a conversation with my mentor about photographs. And I thought I would do Friday photo because I love alliteration. And I would use it just to talk about character and see what you could get about a person from a two-dimensional image. And then when I went into teaching middle school in an IB school, and I really had to help my individuals in societies class, so history and geography, meet curricular expectations but always be globally minded. I saw photographs as the key to that. I mean, you can explore the entire world in a photograph. You can explore the past. You can explore nuance. You can explore media literacy, critical digital literacy. You can look at digital citizenship. There is so much that you can do with a photograph. So then I started to evolve what the practice looked like and, you know, kind of through trial and error. And then I found this wonderful site a few years ago in 2013. And I used that and have evolved you know, my catalyst sheet that my students keep in the strategy section of their digital portfolio for reference that has all the questions. And I share it, you know, joyfully because I've worked to establish it for my students. I didn't do it for other people. So if people want it, please share. But what's so cool is that going through the four steps of decoding photographs through Friday Photo, my students describe, so just what they see, then they analyze by asking questions. They interpret by inferring based on those descriptions and analysis what's happening in the photograph. And then I give them some context, either by video or by um, a magazine or, or newspaper article or some other um, text to help give context and background to that image. And then they take everything that they've learned about the meaning, the message, the photographer's intent, the time, place, and space, and evaluate the text by creating a title that kind of synthesizes in a creative way all of that. So it's a really powerful experience and it's only 20 minutes that is a high yielding and regular opportunity. But in doing that every week, students really deepen their thinking skills, their inquiry skills, and, and they can differentiate the facts to inquiry to opinion to that high level of learning at synthesis and creativity. 
Noah, that's a, a very in-depth answer. And as you're talking, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about how Pav and I have sort of, you talked about the, the value of sharing and you are so open to sharing the resources, the ideas, you you post the results, but you're also so open to, to get teachers to dive right into the work. And I know Pav and I, I wouldn't say we've done it justice yet, but we certainly know our ability to, to bring photos into our classroom and use them for meaningful, rich learning has been greatly enhanced. And the one thing that I think we've both done is really made it much more intentional, really embedded in the schedule where I think we've both dithered with photographs here and there and maybe directly related to uh, a content but we haven't always made it the photo is sort of part of uh, an activity uh, a consistent activity that allows students to just sort of continue to grow and evolve their skills um you sort of answered this question at the end when you sort of got into what do students get out of it? And I would just push that a little further in the sense that what great successes have you seen from students embedding in this project? What aha moments have you had watching students engage from your work uh, on the tasks you provided to maybe even tinker your activities or um, what are sort of those long-term successes? You talked about doing this for a couple of years. Have you had students return and give you feedback to say, oh, this was a great assignment? Or I'm sure they have. Um, you know, but have you ever had that long-term feedback where you've had a student come back and make a, a reference to something like that? So anything uh, sharing some of those student successes, how those students have maybe made you tinker your assignments and you see how the, you, they engage in the task, and maybe even some feedback from students that come back and say, oh, I remember this, I remember that, or you can see how the learning they've done from those activities has still resonates with them. So I'm very lucky to not only have a long career, but a, a very positive experience with students where even after they've had children, I'll bump into them and they'll mention, you know, one of the different projects from my class because the building outside the blocks projects are really embedded in my class and I can do, you know, six to eight in a year and Friday photo evolves into what's called snapshot where the, the year is kind of a gradual release. So the last three months they spend time taking their own photographs or finding their own photographs to lead the decoding up. So this is kind of a longer term look. It's not unit oriented, but within each unit, it's really a way to demonstrate independence and build strong content knowledge. And what I've noticed is kids will build on those photographs. Like, remember when we did this, it got me thinking about that. And in an Instagram world where we're inundated with images, the idea that this task gives them pause to look at the photographer's intent, to look at why somebody posted it, what they're really trying to say about it, and just not take it for granted. I think it's a life skill more than it's a curricular skill to value evidence and use digital media strategically and come to understand other perspectives and cultures. Like talking about culturally responsive pedagogy, it's my responsibility to bring lots of different kinds of representation in. And one of the things I've learned from sharing this is sometimes I get called on it and I love when I get called on it in a respectful way. And people say, you know, this actually, there's more to the story and that you don't have it right because that's been a really valuable source of learning for me. And the other thing that happened is when we went into remote learning, I had done this on a smart board or on a whiteboard with different colors for each stage of the decoding process. So being in virtual, I was like so grateful when Jamboard was created because I could still do it. And then when my students were doing their snapshots, it didn't interfere with my vision of this project. But 
all of a sudden I was learning about voice and the idea that all of my students at the same time, not waiting for me to call on them, not waiting for their turn, could express themselves and all feel really equal. So simultaneously, this is collaborative, but it's also an independently driven task. So at every single stage, there's place for people that I don't have to give them. They can exercise their voice. So it's really powerful. But it also promotes civil discourse, self-expression, engages students in current events and public affairs. It allows them to think beyond themselves, which especially when you're working with middle school is a good thing. And of course, it builds students' voice as creators and users of media, which is one of the goals in our curriculum and also a goal, I think, for this modern world that we need to do. So and also promoting critical thinking and empathy, which for me is a cornerstone of all of our teaching. I hope that answers the question. It, it answers so many questions, not just <laughs> that question, but there's there's so much richness to everything that you're telling us. And it's like this could become uh, this could become some like a huge unit. But you, when you look at it, it's just it's just this simple photography activity that you're doing in your classroom and look at how many boxes are getting checked off by this one simple thing. So I think that um, that's, that's, there's something to be said for that, that, you know, even these little simple things that we're doing with consistency, we're get we're allowing our students to have this voice and become comfortable with sharing their voices. You can get so much out of this small little activity and, uh, and, and it's not a small little activity. It's a huge activity that has, as you said, uh, yields, so much uh, from our students. So um, we really love that. And we've really loved actually how much you you share with uh, with teachers on social media. And we know for a fact that we've asked you to sh- uh, share the, the lesson with us and you've shared the lesson with so many other teachers. Have you ever heard back from teachers that have tried it with their students? I know that we've given you some feedback here and there, but more than just the students, do you ever hear back from the teachers and say, well, you know, this this kind of didn't work for my students or even teachers who have tried this with younger students um, or much older students. Uh, what what have you heard back from from teachers that have tried this in their spaces, uh, successes or things that didn't work well? Uh, give us a little feedback on that. I have to tell you, it's a wild ride because when you first start sharing, it's kind of into the Twitterverse and it's an an unknown and you don't know what you're going to invite back. And it's hard not to get emotional thinking about what I've learned from people using my projects. And when it comes to Friday Photo, people use them in higher ed, people use them in grade one. You know, my friend Christine Chin, who's on the leadership team of the Mentory, she used the Ruby Bridges photograph for her grade ones in French immersion. And, you know, she tweaked the questions. And I, again, when I share my work, I share it for people to use it in the way that works best for them. So people would say to me, well, why aren't you using like the New York Times, what, what's happening in this photo? And that doesn't work for me. You know, I need to know what my intentionality around what the lesson is, what's going on in the world. For me, there are all these things that have to happen for it to be the right image. And I will have a whole lesson around an image and the world changes. And that Friday morning before Friday photo, I will throw out that lesson because I'm married to my students and what they need in that moment. And I make these decisions based on that. So if it doesn't work for other people, that's cool. So when the Capitol got stormed, I spent hours pouring over all of the photographs, trying to find the richest text, the one that would evoke the right kinds of questions that could really go beyond just what was happening, but the why it was happening and how this was going to impact the United States and even the world. 
And so when I chose the text, some people were like, yeah, I'm going to use that in my class. And other people were like, why are you using that text? So I think in any time you share your work, if you're lucky, you have the opportunity to learn from the questions, from the pushback, from how people are using it and more and more. And it's funny because I've been sharing it for since I was on Twitter. I've been sharing my Friday photo and the hashtag goes back, I guess, for like six years now. My goodness. But um, only when I started using Jamboard did it seem to really garner a, a kind of attention. And maybe it's because it was always different colors on a photograph and people couldn't see what was in it. So every once in a while, I'll blog about it to explain it to people. But since I started using a color coding in Jamboard, and last night, oh my gosh. So yesterday, I presented at the California School Library Association. And I went in to see how many people were attending my session, figuring around 80 and then 200 plus people were coming. And I was like, oh, my God, because I had the Jamboard ready to go through the experience. And I was like freaking out. How am I going to do this? So I made five Jamboards and I literally switched between them and was trying to show like the teacher facilitator role. And I said to everybody, I didn't know if I was going to crash and burn, but it seemed really well received. And I'm glad I took people through it because anytime I talk about my projects, I could do an hour on each one of them. So doing an hour on this was the, the first time I've ever really presented on Friday Photo. And taking people through the experience was the right call. Because I can talk about it, but until you understand how each layer allows you to immerse deeper and that it's, it's actually experiential, but there's so much more. Afterwards, when I started showing them the formative assessment and then some of the work my students did, they could see that they couldn't have gotten to the depth of the photographs they had analyzed or the ones that they had taken if they hadn't gone through this weekly process. Learning takes time. Students need multiple opportunities for success, for failure, for growth. And so that's kind of embedded in this weekly practice. But my students write every Friday a letter home to their parents called What Happened in Our Week. I call it a wow. So in their wow, every week, every student <laughs> talks about Friday photo somehow. Sometimes I learn I got to go deeper with something. And sometimes I learn, oh, my gosh, they got it. Like, they got it even more than I thought they would. They're raising questions about racism and sexism. They're raising questions about the past and how it impacts the present. Like when I did that Ruby Bridges piece, the reason I did it is because of the shadows and shoulders image that was so powerful with Kamala Harris. So if you look at that shadow, it's Ruby Bridges. And so then Ruby Bridges was speaking right before the inauguration. And it just all of it was a perfect way to bring it all together in a relevant and meaningful and historical way. Anyway that <laughs> whoa uh you already gave me uh, my next step and i was thinking wow these wow letters i gotta start to incorporate this Noah, you talked about so many points and i jotted down some things to question and now my questions aren't necessarily going to be sequential because the last thing you said is now the first thing i'm going to question or comment on okay and i when you talk about those jam boards, I feel like on a bigger sense, the jam board has allowed us all to connect really quickly because it's a platform we all are using and are really comfortable with where ultimately sometimes when we see uh, someone sharing their work, we're not sure if we have the same environment in place to make it work where that jam board space. I think it's a space we're really comfortable with. So we know we've adopted your, your Friday photo with our class really quickly through Jamboard. So when you made that comment about how Jamboard really was a, a springboard to maybe getting more responses or getting a lot more teachers to engage with it, 
I was thinking sort of similar is that that Jamboard really gives us a space where you can share. Uh, Pav and I know like in all kinds of Facebook groups, the the amount of spaces where people are sharing Jamboards just seems to create an entire culture and a way for teachers to connect really quickly to share resources and activities that I think there might have been a, a few obstacles in the way of, or sometimes it's almost like clicks on the internet. The more clicks I have to, to link onto, the less likely I'm going to follow through. And that Jamboard just makes immediate access to these type of activities. Mm-hmm. That's actually then, a brilliant way of saying it. It is. It's immediate access. You can consume the whole lesson in a single image back to the beauty of a photograph. It's really mm. about that. It's about capturing time, place, and space in one image. I was even going to follow that up by saying um, the simplicity of of Pav talked about simplicity. And although there's nothing simplistic about it, I think the simplistic access to this type of activity reminds me of of how Pav and I addressed the Capitol Hill issue. And in that anti-racist framework, the, the photographs are really a powerful way to bring in current events right here in the moment. And you talked about adapting to the needs of your students. And I know as much as we've embedded sort of the decoding photos, when Capitol Hill came, there was a lot of issues, not even issues is the wrong word, like how am I going to address this really relevantly mm-hmm. and poignantly and figure out what my students are thinking in the moment? And we used it in immediacy. We grabbed four or five photos from the Capitol Hill moment, uh, made our jam boards and got those access points to decode these photos. And you get a real insight in immediacy of what students are thinking and perceiving and appreciating and sharing in the world around them. And so these decoding photo activities, yes, you can have the photo Friday, but the simplicity to which you can use them to really deal with really poignant issues in the immediacy and get such insights into what our students are feeling really bring such power. Now, this leads me to sort of a, a fun question. Of all the photos you've ever dropped- This has all been through, fun for me, but go on. <laughs> even if you're lying, we'll take it. And that's the clip we'll use in the promo. Um of all the photos you've ever dropped, is there one photo that you remember poignantly as being, wow, this photo got a ton of attention. This photo brought me some insights I hadn't ever considered. This photo was the controversial one that really pushed that courageous conversation. Do you have one of those photos? Or maybe it's a collection of photos that you always go back and say, oh, I, I remember that photo. And then on top of that, on top of that, you know, just give us a little hint of what else Noah Daniel has cooking in the future. What else do you have in connection to these great activities? Because I know Pav and I wanted to fixate on photos, but you are not solely about the powerful work of photography. You have so many rich, uh, amazing tasks that you are involved in and projects you're involved in. We'd love to hear a little bit more because I know our audience, once they get a, a look of the photo projects you're working on, they're going to want to know a little bit more about what Noah Daniels got cooking. Okay. Well, to answer your first question, I have to say it's the Sharbat Gula image. So for a lot of years, it was originally called the Afghan girl. And the reason why I had chosen it for Friday photo was when I was young, I it was on every national geographic, wherever I would look. I'm like, oh, of course, I'm going to do this photo, her really powerful eyes, the green background, you know, um, her torn hijab, like there were layers and layers to decode in there. And um, I had posted it and somebody said, you're missing the whole story. And I I was so proud of myself for finding like the follow up story that I didn't realize I hadn't dug deep enough. And so, again, respectful feedback who said, you know, think about the context. So I, I challenged my students to look at the duality of the photo now. 
when you're looking at this photograph raising awareness of the issue for Afghani people and what was happening in that country, and then looking at the challenge of how photographers set up a photo in a way that really was disrespectful to her culture and her faith that was really foreign to her. She was alone in a room with a photographer. And if you know anything about about Muslim people, that was a deeply offensive thing that happened. And here is this woman, however, that because of some of this notoriety was able to you know, get her life in order and set up and own her own home. So the layers of complexity of a photo like that I think that stays with me and I'm so grateful for getting called on things because that's how I learn. So many people are afraid to do hard things because they're afraid to be told that they're wrong and in a good way and in a not so good way. I'm not afraid because if I make a mistake, I hope, and that's why I'm so transparent with parents and my students, that I, I'm limited by all of my social intersections and and identities. So Um, If I don't talk about it and I don't get it wrong, how am I ever going to get it right? So, yeah, I think that's the most memorable. Um, And in terms of your other question, I'm I'm honestly like last night I revealed for the first time, not just that I have a book coming out, but that the book was also motivated by a photograph. And that was a really cool thing. You know, I get asked to write things and I traditionally ghostwrite among the many things that I like to do. Um, But when I figured this book out, I figured it out because I found a common thread between turkeys and peacocks. And in discovering this common thread, this story that unfolded is a story about ability and it's a story about belonging and it's a story about the power of music. And if you know anything about me and how much I love the P3, it's not just that I love music because I'm a musician, because I'm not, or I know anything in particular about music. I've just always been musical in a lifeblood kind of way. So the fact that I get to write a story and build these characters and this group based on all those things, it's it's a really exciting part of my life right now. And we just rolled out the social media handle for Strum and the Wild Turkeys. So that's a pretty exciting part of things that are happening. But I also love our work at the Mentry and how we found a way to keep growing, not just the on-ed mentor show or our one-to-one offerings, but really Conversations to Build Capacity has been a huge hit and we only created it in response to the pandemic and people needing to connect. And what we learn from our community continues to help us grow and evolve a space where we really believe that we're helping teachers and we're hearing through feedback that that it's an important place that we can keep growing. So those are kind of my main gigs. That's uh, it's not a few gigs. There's there's quite a few gigs there, and you're you're so phenomenal at all of them. And I know that Che and I are always learning from you, and we love every single conversation that we have with you. It's definitely not enough conversation. So as soon as this pandemic is over, I know that we will be meeting up. Face oh my gosh, I cannot wait to have hang time with you guys. Like sometimes you make me smile so big. <laughs> I love so many things about how you do what you do. So I'm just happy to share space with you anytime. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing all of the ideas that you had. I remember, so I remember growing up with that photograph that you were just talking about, uh, the National Geographic photo. And and I remember hearing about all of the pushback on on 
on the photograph itself. And so um, it was something that I, even I hadn't considered uh, as as taboo or just uh, not not appropriate at the time. So it was it was really refreshing to to learn those uh, to learn learn about those details as I grew up. And and it definitely is. I like what you what you stated about transparency and vulnerability and humility. Um, and I think that authenticity, it really shines through with the work that you do. And I think even more so with the communication that we've had with you. So um, I know every time that we've spoken, it, it always is a positive experience. And we walk away from that conversation, having learned something and grown as as people and as educators. So I know that other people will have the same experience with you. So if they do want to get in touch with you and keep up with all the amazing things that they're that you are up to, how can they do that? What is the best place to reach you? Um, you can reach me on Twitter at Noah's Bobs or on Instagram. I'm getting better at Instagram at Building Outside the Blocks. You can check out my work at buildingoutsidetheblocks.com. And it has a lot of my projects. It has links to my blog and my podcast. The Personal Playlist podcast airs every Music Monday. And I get to interview educators on their nostalgic identity and pick-me-up songs. Definitely check out Che and Pavs. I recorded them on the same day, but I forced them to do separate stories because it's a memoir through music very personal. Um, but you can also find me by reaching out. You can write me at Noah at building outside the com. Noah, thank you so much for dropping all those places where we can connect. And yes, your P3 playlist is fantastic. I always reference awake the giant, uh, <laughs> when it's time for me to erupt. Um, Thank you so much for dropping all these great insights and really talking very specifically about decoding photographs. And we know this is a really great activity that teachers can quickly adapt to their space. If you're an administrator or listening, this is a great initiative you can get through to your school. It's a great way to activate student voice. It's a great way to dive into courageous conversations mm -hmm. and really propel school culture and school learning. So thank you so much for giving some of your time to our listeners to tell you about the incredible work you're doing, especially in regards to decoding photos. Pav, you want to wrap us up? Thank you, Noah, again, one more time for speaking to us today and telling us a little bit more about the photographs and about all of the amazing work that you are doing. So once again, thank you. Cheers, guys. Have a great day.